you were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Welcome to Seeking Excellence Podcast, everyone. Today is the first semi-legit in-person podcast we've ever done. Here we are. Yeah, and very excited, Cecilia, to be doing it with you. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Nathan. We're here um, in Napa, California, in a random office room That's right. doing this. In this boardroom. Yeah, Cecilia, not Papa's. Yeah. <laughs> Cecilia That's it's, what my name is in his phone. Yeah. So I just I just took your number down the other day and uh, was just I was in the airport and basically I'm always a crackhead. I feel like when I'm traveling, so yeah. I was just like, "What is her last name?" I could not remember the new last name. Uh huh. And I did want to not say it without a last name. <laughs> <laughs> so just Cecilia. I just do Papa's because I was yeah. like, "That's that's just objectively false." So. Well, it is true, but. In my head, I True. am Brennan. Have you not actually changed it yet? Yeah. Is it? Oh, So, really? I mean, not that these people care, but I have a military passport. It takes forever to get oh, one. It has my old last name, my maiden name, my, well, not really maiden name yet, but, <laughs> so I'm not yeah. Brennan yet, but. Interesting. Eventually. So Papa's wouldn't have been a lie. Yeah, that's correct. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine the military passport is, is difficult. Um, Emily... I feel like a lot of people kind of like prepped her to think that it was really, really difficult. Yeah. For just an average person to change her name. And she was like, it's shockingly easy. Like, it actually went pretty fast. That's insane. Yeah. Like, it really wasn't that bad. The Social Security office was supposed to be one of the worst, and it took her like 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Now, it was a little bit more post COVID. Like, I think, obviously, we just got married in March. So. I'm sure people who were getting married in 2020 and 2021 were pretty right. backed up in certain places. but Right. Oh, I didn't realize it was March that you got married. I thought it was a little earlier. Yeah. No, we're still pretty fresh. Yeah. And <laughs> Me you guys and you are New both. Year's, right? Yeah. <laughs> New Year's Eve? Yeah, New right? Year's Eve. We've lived together about 10 weeks since we've been married. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Not that anyone's counting. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody knows. That's, that's just a guess. So we're about, we're about as fresh yeah, as you. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Patrick's in the Navy, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. That's awesome. What's the military wife life? Are you, what would you rate from like one to 10? My guess is like a three. <laughs> Especially during the point. I don't know if I can say this publicly. <laughs> um, it can't be that fun. Yeah, it's not that fun. But, I mean, I'm grateful that he has a job. I'm grateful yeah. that he does something he really enjoys. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool job. And, yeah, he's there's nothing more, like, it's just really admirable. 
uh, that what he does and what he sacrifices. So, yeah. yeah, that's super cool. And my husband's biggest fan. So if this is what he's doing, I'm going to be a fan of it. That's good. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah, no, I know that it's a, it's a difficult life. Obviously I had my time in the army and, um, it was just interesting to see that and be able to, I think as patriots as you know, you and uh-huh. I both love the United States of America. I think you get a totally different perspective on the sacrifices that military family make. Oh, and yeah. military members make because I think it's easy to be like, you know, we're grateful for your service and you like, but it's just it's just so. Well, people uh, think at it in a macro scale like, oh, the sacrifices you make, meaning like deployment, right? Yeah. But the things that are actually bigger to that that bother your life the most are the little things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you want to have a vacation in the United States or even go somewhere on the weekend, yeah. you need to have it approved yeah. weeks in advance. You don't have a ton of freedom yeah. in that way. Um, and it's those little things that make it hard. You know yeah. the deployments are going to happen. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of subtle sacrifices that get overlooked. So yeah, so it's crazy, but that's great. And so, I, I mean, I'm excited. We obviously have no outline or no plan for this. So <laughs> this is what we like best. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> and just freestyling, but we were just talking before this. I'd love to kind of briefly talk about your podcast and starting that kind of what yeah. that experience has been like for you. Um, and so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about just some of, uh, we talked about the Instagram drama, so we'll get into that later as well. So I'm curious your oh, thoughts man. on some of those things. Um, but first, yeah, let's just kind of talk about, uh, well, no, actually, before we talk about the podcast, tell me more about you. Tell me about where you grew up. Yeah. You know? Okay. Where did I grow up? So I grew up outside of Chicago. Um, I've lost the accent quite a bit. It's still there sometimes. No, just, oh, it just happened. Just throughout, you know, moving. Yeah. Um, if it's like late at night or had a few drinks, the Chicago accent does come back somehow. Really? Um, <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, raised by my father, have a brother older than me and a brother younger than me. Um, never went to college. Well, I did some school, uh, community college. And then I just started working full time right out of high school and had great jobs. So I just dropped out of college and no one asked me for a resume. So I was like, why am I doing this? Um, yeah. yeah. Then I moved to LA for some pro-life work, pro-life media, um, podcast production. Um, and then I headed to DC to still work in pro-life media. Um, yeah, my background prior to that was in tech startups. So a lot of Catholic tech startups. Um, yeah. And then moved to DC, met my husband, well, Northern Virginia. Um, now I live in Kentucky and Japan. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. And so, yeah, I think it's cool. You know, I've, I've followed you on Instagram for a long time now and it's been a while. I didn't know you had two brothers. Yeah. I thought it was just Oliver. That's really interesting. I know there was three of you. And everyone thinks Oliver's younger and he's older. Really? Yeah. Well, I think you're sneaky young. You know, yeah, that's I am sneaky. I don't remember at what point in the last several years, you know, because we've talked a little bit here and yeah. there, and I don't remember when you posted something about your actual age. <laughs> I just remember blowing my mind. I always still have that. You know, I, know. I don't know where I was or what year it was. <laughs> I just remember being like, wow, she's so much younger than I thought. Yeah. I thought we were closer in age than we are. How old are you? 29. Okay, yeah. I never really say it because I feel like people have a presumption of someone oh, yeah. that's 24, right? And... You know, typically a 24-year-old would have just had two years in the workforce um, right out of college. But, yeah, I think yeah. it's just a bonus of working full-time since you were 17, 18 yeah. and figuring out 
the business world, figuring out what it is you want yeah. and getting ahead of the game in that sense. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's super awesome. And so I, you know, following you and kind of knowing vaguely about you, um, not obviously a ton about you personally, uh, I've come to really just admire your hustle and just that aspect of your story of dropping out of college and kind of seeing you. vaguely from what I see from <laughs> a very far distance of like what your life has become is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely, I definitely want to talk about that later as well. Uh, but I think it's really interesting. I, I, I mean, your story is, is yeah, definitely unique in a lot of ways. And it's cool to get to meet you in person yeah. and get to actually experience, you know, what you're really like. And uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about the podcast some because I think totally. that that is going to segue nicely into what we wanted to talk about with some of the drama that we've... I don't even know this drama. Yeah, I kind but... of gave you the quick lowdown on the drama. But I think it's more of just kind of the general concept that people have yeah. with the struggles of um, making money in ministry sometimes, which uh. I think can be a... Yeah. Uh, sticky topic. We've battled that at Hallow. I remember seeing issues with that dynamic Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the issues that I've heard with different Catholic speakers and things like that as well. Totally. But I think you have an interesting perspective too because you have such like a unique, almost like, I don't know if it's a unique niche that you kind of like reach to, but also just kind of your strategy or your things that you do. Like your podcast is a great example of that. Yeah. Is is very unique, I think. And Thank It hasn't you. really been done before. And so, yeah. And so I know you get a lot of flack for that too. And so I obviously would like to talk about that. We saw a great tweet about you last night. Oh yeah. I'm sure there's thousands of Reddit threads <laughs> talking about how great I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, singing your praises. And so I think that has to be interesting too, being young and dealing with that. Because I think that was something that... For me, uh, you know, when I did find out how young you were and knowing that, like, those things exist, mm-hmm. I was like, that's got to be difficult to navigate, I would imagine, especially being yeah. within the church world. You, like, expect it if you're, like, a secular yeah. celebrity of some sorts, you know, to have people that hate you, but... <laughs> people, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really... I just said a lot t- of things no, I love with it. no direction. I love it. Thank you for everything, by the way, Nathan. No, so how I started the podcast, I feel like first I have to start about how I started the Instagram page. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't grow up with any woman figure, so we went to Mass every Sunday. Um, I'm Catholic. I don't know if this is specifically Catholic podcast, but... Oh, we, yeah, we have people from different backgrounds, okay, cool. but yeah. Yeah, I'm Catholic. <laughs> went to Mass every Sunday. Um, but I didn't know, like, I didn't even know the word catechism existed. Like, I didn't, I didn't know any of this. Um, but yeah, so with that, all the people I saw at church were just not like me. They, like, I wasn't the type that was going to go to youth ministry and sit around a bonfire and sing worship music. That was not me, and it, it, it I, it's still not me. And that's what I saw from people my age. And then the women were just kind of, like, you know, homely looking. And I was like, I like fashion. I like makeup. I like to present myself well. I think it's really fun. Um, and I think it's I think it's just a beautiful form of evangelization within itself. But I was like, okay, so I don't think there's any normal Catholics that exist, so maybe mm-hmm. I just won't be Catholic. And so... Um, what age was this around? Like 16? Mm, like 17. Okay. Yeah. And so I... And I was like, there's no cute boys at church. All the cute boys go to the non-denominational. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started to kind of look into that, but my girlfriend, long story short, my girlfriend pulled me back in, was like, just to save time, why don't you just research what you're already baptized into? And I was like, huh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like logistically, I was like, eh, that makes a lot, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's practically speaking. Yeah, 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 exactly. But anyways, 
here I am. And so what kind of happened is I was interning for a big fashion blogger at the time. And uh, I was like, can you help me create my own? So I had this fashion blog, Strictly Fashion. And then once I started to understand the faith more, I was like, I need to be who I looked for. Because Mm. I remember in high school just like looking for anyone to relate to. I would be like, Catholic fashion, like save yourself for marriage, like beauty, like different things. Yeah. Like, like looking up hashtags. I literally remember where I was sitting, in what room, and like where in the room, and, and searching on Instagram hashtags for something like that, something to relate to, something to be like, if she can do it, I can do it. If she can save herself for marriage and be normal, I can do that too. Right. You know? I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone that was like not socially awkward and also had values. Right. Um, so yeah, I was like, well, I need to be her because other people have got to be looking for her too. And so that is the basis of everything I do throughout social media and the podcast is being the woman that I wish I had and saying the things that I wish I knew. Mm. And that's just the premise for everything. And yeah, it's all done through prayer. It's all done through whatever the Holy Spirit wants to give me an adoration <laughs> and talk about. Um, and just my past, kind of remembering memories and being like, wish in that moment this is what I knew or I had this reassurance or different stuff like that. People don't have friends like the friends I have now. And I didn't have those friends like I had then. So if I can be a friend virtually, even if we'll never meet, if I can be that girl who says those things to you that saves you from messing up, saves you from going home with that guy, saves you from whatever it is, I'm like, it's all worth it, even if it's one girl, you know? So... Yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then just from that, from my presence online and stuff, um, I started working in the digital marketing field. Um, It wasn't really a career then, but I love numbers and I love, I'm like a nerd with algorithms, so I can understand the algorithm extremely well in the social media space. So that's kind of how it got me into my career and yeah, so... Gotcha. That's amazing. And what do you do full-time now? Yeah. So I have a company. It's a consulting and coaching agency that goes into um, secular businesses um, and helps women with burnout and retention. Wow. That's amazing. And how many... Like how many different uh, companies are you currently involved in and doing different things? Is that the like the main thing you do? Yeah. Obviously you have so I have lots that. of different ventures and yeah, things going on. I that think. I have partners with. That's my main main thing. Um, then I have the What in the Dang Heck podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have my my Instagram and then I also sell um, Clean Beauty. So I help women. I do like makeup consultations and. Yeah. Um, I take like about 10 a week and I help women find the right products for their skin and teach them how to do their makeup. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's so many things you said there, but I think, you know, for me at some point when coming across like some of the negative Cecilia Papa stuff, uh-huh. like I think like I, I saw some of it and some of it I was like, I think it's easy anytime you see like negativity about somebody yeah. to like start to buy into it, you uh-huh. know? And so I, I remember I had like a phase where I kind of like felt it and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like I don't even know what it was or like what I felt like I was frustrated with. But I am always like, I always try to have like this healthy balance of skepticism mm-hmm. and uh, 
like giving people benefit of the doubt, right? And so trying to have like a, a balance of that in my life. And I think that what I came to realize and what like you just saying this now like brought me back to this of just like I see like our stories are very similar and we have uh-huh. a lot of similarities. And so it was really interesting for me because when I was in college and I started doing ministry and I started sharing more and I started giving talks, yeah, I had a lot of people hated me. I had ex-girlfriends and girls I had talked to, girls I hadn't oh, talked to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all kinds of issues, mainly mainly women that hated me, but there was guys too. Um, and I still get, you know, plenty of nasty messages on Instagram and things like that as well mm-hmm. from people in the past or whatever. Um, and I started to see that, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that was something I really wanted to do here today and, and try to talk through is like the human side of you. That's not just the, the Instagram <laughs> side of you, but to get to get through that. And yeah. I think that one thing that I really felt... Um, you know, and, and kind of related to was you talking about filling that need, seeing the need and filling the need. And that's like, oh, it's your, I mean, putting ministry or religion aside, that's actually just how entrepreneur and business world works. Right. You see a need, you fill a need and you yeah. have a company. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's super cool that you saw this, this hole in your own life, which I think is very similar to my life. So mm-hmm. I was raised with my dad, but a lot of bad examples and, mm-hmm. you know, they were on and off for a long time. And, um, me and my dad just went months after my wedding without talking. And yeah. so, uh, that's not uncommon for us. And so that was kind of like me. I was like, how can I be the man that I needed in my life? And yeah. then how can I be that to other boys and men, you know, mm-hmm. who are growing up now? And so, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the fruit of your work. My uh, sister in or not sister-in-law yet. She's just dating my wife's younger brother. Uh-huh. But they're very, we think they'll probably get married. But <laughs> Sophia it was texting me last night. It was really funny. I think it was last night. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, you're at Napa, this and that. She was just like, there's this girl I follow on Instagram. I don't know if you'll find her. <laughs> She was like, she asked me how many people were here because she was like, I don't know if you were able to find like her. Like 800. But yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, if it's Cecilia, I'm going to record with her tomorrow. <laughs> and she said, what are you going to talk about? I said, how weird you are. That's what we're going to do. Shout out. Three part series. Shout out. Yeah, so Sophie, Sophia. 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 But yeah, no, I think it's super cool. So it's great to see that. And then obviously I think when you're doing any type of good work, um, well, one, we're flawed humans, right? So it doesn't totally. mean everything you do or say is going to be perfect or be presented perfectly mm-hmm. well. And so that's going to rub people the wrong way. But then also, if you are doing anything worthwhile and good, you're going to get pushback. You're and if I wasn't people. getting pushback, I'd be doing it wrong. Right. I really would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So not that I'm egging it on, but <laughs> if not- it wasn't there, I wouldn't be speaking truth. Yeah. How long ago did it... Do you like remember when it started? Like when you started getting more negativity? Was it with the podcast? Or is it already kind of happening with social media? I don't even see the negativity because I don't read Reddit. I don't Google myself. I don't have Twitter. I don't even scroll Instagram. I just post what I need to post. Mm. Look through my DMs to, I don't really even, yeah, just like the ones that I've already approved. And um, that's about it. Keep going. So I actually don't see much of what goes on. I find that. It also kills my creativity because other people's, um, other people's posts, stuff like that's beautiful to read, but then I find it kills whatever direction I was trying to go with in a, in a sense, just mentally, um, being like, Oh, that was really good. Maybe I should talk on that. And it's like, no, that's not what you're trying to talk on. Why are you know? So it's kind of like if you were redoing your house and you're just nonstop scrolling Pinterest, it's like, you're never going to be happy Mm. with how you're redoing your house. Cause you're just jumping around to all these different things. There's always different. There's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be someone better than you, better than you. There's always going to be someone that 
any any of that. So um, I try to avoid that stuff. But I mean, the hate, like I said, it does not bother me. I have my friends. Like I'm not. I'm not not for everyone, and that's the reality. And it's okay. I'm completely content with being misunderstood, and it doesn't bother me. Right. I'm like, that's okay if you don't agree with me. It. I don't even need to have a conversation. Like people, I think when they disagree, it's like, well, let's talk it out. I'm like, I I don't even know you. Like I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I actually do not care at all. So I'm like, why are we having a conversation yeah. about how much you don't like me? Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a waste the, of time, right? What's the goal? <laughs> yeah, and, like, people will send me, like, whatever posts about me or send me, like, Reddit links and, like, what do you feel about this? I'm like, it's not even worth my time because, number one, I probably disagree with them about almost everything in life and all morals. Right. And so what they think about me, it doesn't even, like... It, it, that's not even the first thing that I would talk to them about mm-hmm. is how much they hate me. It would be like, I mean, you think babies should be dead in the womb. Like, that kind of thing. I'm like, if, you, if we're not on the same level for that, I don't really know, like, why we are disagreeing about my views because we're, like, on completely different islands, yeah. you know? Yeah, you like, say so what you want. I literally cannot relate to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my mentality. I'm like, eh. Whatever. And I used to work in the pro-life field. I mean, you're going to get... Yeah, so you get used to In person, you know, in front of the Supreme Court. Like, you're going to get all the... All the hate. But you just got to stick to what... Stick to what you know. Yeah. Yeah? That's awesome. I think, you know, one thing that just came to mind was I did an episode... Man, it was probably like three or four months ago, maybe maybe six, I don't know, um, on, there was like this Catholic influencers um, letter that was written, I think it was on a young Catholic Interesting. woman. Interesting. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And so, I'm so glad I'm out of the loop. It's so healthy. I remember you saying, <laughs> when we were talking about the Instagram drama, you uh-huh. were like, yeah, I don't go on Instagram. <laughs> He's like, just going to post and get off. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm like, that's got to be incredibly healthy. Uh-huh. Emily and I, uh, I'll go back to the young Catholic woman thing, but Emily and I have uh, a hobby, which is probably not great for our long-term lives, but we send each other Instagram reels throughout the day all the uh-huh. time, and then we, like, sit down at night and watch them together. It's, like, our favorite thing to do, especially after a long trip like uh-huh. this, because we'll have, like, an hour's worth of Instagram yeah. reels, and that's what keeps me on Instagram a lot of the time outside of posting and doing yeah. things. But, uh, so yeah, we got to have like a long-term plan for that. Eventually it's <laughs> it's bonding. What are you going to do? It is really fun. <laughs> I mean, we ha- we really enjoy it. Uh, it's a weird hobby of ours, but the young Catholic woman thing, one thing that I don't remember everything from the article, the author basically wrote like three kind of main points, but one that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, because this one I think probably frustrated me the most, is this criticism that like if you share anything that's faith related, um, like you either have to have like a PhD in theology in some people's minds, or you have to like clarify that every single thing is your either your opinion or church teaching. You know, like you, I feel like you have to get to this point of having so many disclaimers you can ever actually talk about anything. So, like, limiting free speech is what they want. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah. But in, the, but in the realm of theology and, like, yeah. guys under Catholicism, but it's the same thing of, like, you can't talk about... Have you, have you encountered that? Or like I'm sure there's people that, that say that. Um, to me, I'm like, great, just, like, Make your own platform and talk about what you think. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> like, 
I, it is outrageous to think that I need to run past my content by someone that I don't even know their name. Right. Like that is the most, I don't even know what kind of opinion that is. That is like so out there. And I mean, look, I'm not a theology major. I'm a college dropout. Like I'll own it, but that doesn't mean my experiences aren't real. Mm -hmm. Like you can talk about God all day and not include any theology because it's all about what you've experienced. Sure. What do you think? Do you think that you have an obligation to a certain extent to like be careful with things that you post that are faith related? Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a lot of, I, it's not lost on me, the amount of influence that I have. And mm-hmm. I mean that in the most humble way possible It is not lost on me. And I take it very seriously. So anything that I'm posting that I know is going to be controversial, it's well-researched, it's run past multiple priests. Um, so no, I mean, if I'm, if I'm posting it, I'm not an out self-conscious about the message I'm posting. Yeah. You know, like I've already done the discernment prior to putting it public. So do I think there's an obligation? I don't know. I'm pretty relative about this, about this. One of the only things I'm pretty relative (laughs) about, but like you do you, I don't care what you post on your social media. Like I just, you decide if you follow me or not and you decide if you believe me or not. Why are you, that is your responsibility. And I think something I talk about in the corporate setting is the responsibility spectrum. I won't go into it, but other people place responsibility and push it on others when in fact it's yourself Mm. that has to own, for instance, what you're seeing, what you're believing, what you're reading. And I'm not here to take, to take on something that you're responsible for. Right. Yeah. You said two things there that really stuck out to me. Um, which I think is really interesting. One is the, when you said about influence and you know the influence that you have. I think it's interesting how often I think we get put as humans in, in many different circumstances into lose-lose situations. Mm-hmm. And just when you said that, I didn't have any negative reaction, but I could like feel somebody being like, oh, she's so pretentious, like she thinks yeah. she has. And it's, it's so funny that being uh, juxtaposed with the idea of responsibility because if you didn't do that, or if you more were, if you were more reckless in what you posted without discerning, without mm-hmm. running it by other people, without you know researching, then people would be like, "Doesn't she realize how much influence she has?" You know what I mean? Like, right. So you'd be put in a situation. It's a catch twenty two. Yeah, I mean, like you can't, you can't you can't win either way. Yeah. Or people are going to be negative regardless. Yeah. The responsibility thing is interesting because I think you changed my mind as you were talking about it because I think before when I asked the question, I think I would have advocated for. Uh, you know, the more your platform grows, the more responsibility you have. But I think you make a good point that we do have to discern for ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that like nobody, unless it's coming from the church, like unless there's like church teaching comes mm-hmm. out, right? Like humanity vitae, like when there's like church right. teaching that comes from the, the seat of Peter, then we have to accept it. Then you just blindly follow. But really nobody else we should do that with. 
right? right? Like that should never happen. And so I think it's it's interesting because I was like almost disagreeing with you. And then as you were explaining it, I was like, wait, I do that. Like I listen to Taylor Marshall. I listen to uh-huh. Ralph Martin. I listen to like this wide range of, not, and obviously those two aren't super far apart, but just different people, right? Totally. Different people, Matt Fratt interviews. Like I read Matthew Kelly books. Uh-huh. Like I, I get this like wide range, just like I do in the political world, yeah. right? And it's like, and I do all that and I pray about things and I discern them and I podcast about them to get my uh-huh. thoughts even clearer, you know, and yeah, I write totally. things. And I'm like, that's what I do. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> She's describing literally what I do. Your process. But so many right. people are so lazy that they just like expect or want that when they scroll across an Instagram page or a story, like you can't post something that may not, may be a little bit off or they disagree with your opinion because it's like, well, I'm not going to research it. Right. And it's kind of like the to. only analogy I can think of is like someone goes to the grocery store, they buy this, I don't know, banana and they get home and they don't like how the banana tastes. And then they blame the grocery store. It's like, <laughs> but you bought the banana. Like, you knew what you were buying. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally like, no, it's your responsibility. Like, you don't like, it's not that the banana's bad. It's that you just don't like how it tastes. Yeah. And so now it's the banana's fault or it's the grocery store's fault that you don't like how the banana tastes. Like, this is wild. That's like right. not even logical, you yeah. know? And that's exactly it. Yeah, it's really crazy. All right, so take me back to you. You drop out of college, and I want to know like your your hustle slash like entrepreneurial spirit. Like did that were you yeah. influenced by your father in that way? I don't know what he does, but like yeah. was that kind of something you were raised around, or like where did that kind of come from? My father's a writer, um, so we didn't have like when when my parents. I never talk about this, but. To, to summarize, when my parents split, we had nothing. Like, it, I was very young, and we had to live extremely simply. Um, like younger than five or uh, No, 10? I was in Elmet. I was, like, maybe fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It was 10 years, though, of lawsuits and everything. So um, wow. it took a very long time. It was very traumatic. And we had, yeah, we had nothing. So we... I pretty much, like, all my friends and stuff, they, for instance, like, their parents would buy their prom dresses and, like, you know, stuff like that, and that wasn't my case. I didn't feel bad for myself at all. I'm just like, this is the reality, and you have to do something about it. So what I started doing, as a gymnast, um, and I would go to... It's a Spanish-speaking area of kind of towns and go to their thrift stores. And I would go in and look in the swimsuit section. And most of the time in the swimsuit section, there was gymnastics leotards. Mm. I would buy them for about 50 cents each and sell them in lots of three for about $60 on eBay. Really? Yes. (laughs) I started doing that at the age of nine. Really? (laughs) That's wild. And I did it for years. That's a years. 50 cent stuff right there. Like, <laughs> That's like literally, the, <laughs> like the, the percentage of it, yeah, you know it's very what I mean? Like, yeah. It is what, because like people didn't know they were gymnastics, le- like the people that were putting them out didn't know they were gymnastics leotards. And I'm like, that leotard's $45, like yeah. used, you know? So I started doing Dang. that. I would sell them in person too, to the gymnastics like gym you know to the moms out there they're always buying their daughters gymnastics leotards i'm like you could buy three used ones for the price of one and your daughter won't even know right and 
yeah, that's what I did. So I started doing that, and then I started um, teaching tumbling. I started um, in middle school. I s yeah, I tutored. So what I would do is I knew that working parents, when they got home from work, the last thing they want to do is help their second grader with their addition problems. Mm. That's the last thing you want to do is help your kid with homework. You want to enjoy time with them. But when you get home from a long day, the kid gets home from a long day, all you're going to do is fight. And I always saw that. And so I was like, great, hire me as an after school tutor and I'll help them do their homework. And I charge this much a week. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I would do. And yeah, I think I just always had the spirit in me, but I think when you're put in a situation yeah. where you have to figure something out, you do. And I think a lot of times, especially in today's culture, is people baby their children so much that yeah. their children don't have to figure it out. And they have no, again, back to responsibility, no responsibility. Yeah. Dang. So that's the how it started. Young hustling society. I was. I was. That's great. <laughs> wow. The lead start thing is wild. That is so awesome. Yep. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told that story. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh -huh. fun. It's a fun story. You should tell it more often. <laughs> it was very enjoyable. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really cool. I think it's awesome to see, yeah, just how you did that and how you learned to kind of fight for yourself in that way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, because, I, yeah, I just... It's really interesting. I think there's so many people, especially as you get to know more people in the Catholic world, and I especially see a lot, especially, I think... I mean, maybe I don't know this because I didn't know your story before. I don't know if I would have assumed this about you. But the there's a lot of young, I think in the young Catholic women space on Instagram, mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of people uh, were raised well, yeah. like well off, I should say, uh -huh. you know, in like these like pretty financially stable, or yeah. <laughs> you know, far beyond that upper middle class, upper class families. And I think it can be really difficult, you know, to see that sometimes because... Uh -huh. There's so many times where, like, I always laugh at, like, on Saints' Feast Days, right? Like, you'll see, like, Our Lady of Lords or St. Bernadette's uh -huh. Feast Day or something. Like, everybody's like, oh, this is me at Lords, France. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. like, it's so interesting that, like, people, I think, brag about. I've always thought this was interesting as somebody who I didn't come up from a family that had a lot of money. We were lower middle class, I would say, to middle class. Like, we weren't, definitely weren't poor. We weren't, like, mm -hmm. super struggling. But um, it was my parents fought about it all the time, uh, about money. And, like, I took a lot of pride eventually of, like, what I was able to accomplish for myself and like the trips that I got to like yeah. take myself, you know, and like pay for mm -hmm. myself. Uh, I did get to travel a lot growing up still. Um, and I'm thankful for that for my family. But I'm like, you see these people like brag about things that like they were given mm -hmm. with, without really ever like pointing out to the fact that like, I, like I didn't earn this, mm -hmm. if you will. You know what I mean? Of like, I didn't actually like pay for this, but I feel like people kind of promote this or present this like lifestyle of like, this, you know, traveling the world and doing all yeah. these cool things that was really like their parents paying for them to study abroad. I think that's a lot of the reality. Now, do I think they need to acknowledge it? Absolutely not. That's yeah. their thing. They can do, they can make, that's the thing about social media. You can decide who you want to be. Certainly. And if it's not actually who you are, then that's not on me. Yeah. Like, that's just on what you're trying yeah, you to do, do with you your platform. Yeah, I think like, that's a great approach. You know? I do, I think I more just kind of like interiorly. I don't know what it makes me feel, but it makes me unhappy. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Not unhappy might be a strong word, but it definitely just like 
kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. And I don't think people are wrong for it, but I just think it's interesting. And I think that uh, your story, I think, is is awesome to see somebody else too who, you know, came from like I remember going to Fort Benning and like I couldn't afford my uniform. So I was yeah. like, I have three hundred dollars. I have a thousand dollars worth of equipment to buy. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, I mean. Yeah, and so it's cool. But to, I bet you um, kept that equipment looking great and you took care right. of it. You yeah, because I had to buy it. Exactly, because <laughs> you had to buy it, and that was the same thing with college. I mean, I didn't have any money to go to college and. I paid my way through community college, and that's why I was like, you know, maybe if I would have went to a four-year university and my parents paid for it, I would have been a completely different person. Right. I really would have. So praise God that you learn how to hustle. But yeah, I do agree with with the with the money thing. I think that is something too that people try to like hate on me for, and I'm like, it doesn't bother me. I don't need to like tell them my whole life story sure, like yeah. they can think whatever they want they can think that like you were just I born, was born into whatever and that's totally fine because they don't even know me so it's kind of like whatever but that was like a big thing i've people have pointed out like oh did you see that thing on reddit they said that like you know your daddy had paid for this whole wedding or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. just like i could say that i could tell you the truth is that I've worked my butt off, but I don't know. No one needs to know. Like, I don't have to validate what I believe myself by backing up how I am with my story. Like, yeah. it doesn't, I don't know. I just don't feel like I need to. I dig it. Yeah. Have you, uh, so I know obviously super entrepreneurial, super business focused, um, not focused like that's the main thing yeah, in your life, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of your jam uh, professionally. What, have you, do you like study or like how did you go about learning or do you, have you learned about like investing and like your kind of financial strategy personally outside of like generating income? Yeah. What was that process like for you? Absolutely. Um, mentors, really? 100%. Learning how they did it, getting in in the nitty gritty, um, working for free, uh, figuring it out. I mean, knowledge is worth way more than experience is, is priceless. You can't put a price on it. Um, and time is worth more than money. So any way that that I can, how I see it is any way that I can free up as much time to spend with my husband mm-hmm. is worth way more than anything I could ever make monetarily. Yeah. But with that said, back to your question of kind of how you learn about finances, things like that. My husband's really, he loves that stuff, which is great. Um, that is cool. But yeah, I had a, I mean, I just hire out, have a small business accountant and she does everything for me. So that's m- awesome. monthly, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I hire someone I trust. That's how I do it. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great to hear. Well, I don't know if that was the answer you're looking for. No, I think it was good. I mean, yeah, the answer was the answer. So I yeah. think that um, I think that's awesome. Uh, what do you have like long-term plans? Would you transition out of working eventually? Like, what was Cecilia's yeah. dream for motherhood, God willing, someday? Yeah, I mean, first, let me see my husband. See what we can do there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, yeah. 
yeah. so won't be starting the family in the next, <laughs> next couple of months, obviously. But um, I'm totally open. I love to just live in the freedom of yeah. whatever God wants. He is going to know so much better than I can even dream up, and He's proved that time and time again. So I love working. I think it makes me a better woman. Mm. Um, I always, since I was so young, people were like, are you going to homeschool your kids? Because I was homeschooled for a while. Oh, really? Okay. And um, I was like, yeah, I want them homeschooled, but I don't want to do the homeschooling. Mm. I was like, I know. And people, you know, you're cutting yourself short. Like, no, I know that I don't want to be a mother and a teacher at the same time. That's just not what I desire. I think a lot of women can do it well. And I know that's not something that I'm going to be able to do well. Mm. So, um, I'm all about outsourcing stuff, but what you were talking about working, I think, I think women, I mean, I work with women in the corporate world, so I'm a little biased. Sure. I feel like to that question, I think it's beautiful women that stay home. And I think it's beautiful that women are in the workforce and using their gifts there. Um, then again, I work for myself. I have partners, I have my own company. So it's flexible. I can kind of do what I want. So right. I think that's the most ideal situation is working for yourself. Yeah. And, and of course I had that in mind since the beginning of like, yeah, I eventually want kids and I don't want to stick them in daycare all the time, but I also don't want to have lose passion, you know, mm -hmm. for things outside of motherhood. Yeah. I think, I think that's really big. You know, I, myself like it, it's always a tough balance i think of especially i know that i'm going to keep working around i'm not going to be a stay-at-home dad but like having <laughs> which that, which side note you shouldn't because it kills the masculinity anyways it's literally part of the primal brain but yeah, yeah it's not provider good. and protector it's yeah. not good uh -huh. uh, but good thing it's not on the table for us so uh, <laughs> just to be clear but I think it's really difficult to kind of find that balance of, and obviously neither of us have had to do it yet because we don't mm -hmm. have kids, um, but to try to find that balance, even in marriage, of like investing in your relationship and still remaining passionate about the things that you do. Yeah. You know, your job. And uh, it's always, it was just so much easier, like single. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. Uh, like when, when you're single and you're just like getting after it and doing these different things, like it, it's yeah. just so easy because you just have all of your time is yours, uh -huh. you know, but... Um, and one thing that I've struggled with has been a challenge for us, especially in our first apartment. Now things are a little bit easier, but in the first apartment where we were living in, like I was working from home oh. and Emily goes to work. Mm -hmm. And so that was always really weird because it like, it's like, can you put on dinner? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it would feel like I was staying, like staying home, husband, you know, to her cause she left and I didn't. Um, now we're currently living with the in-laws for a little bit mm -hmm. while we wait on our house. And so now I go into my father-in-law's office and work from there, which makes it a little bit easier. Oh, awesome. Um, but yeah, how have you kind of tried to find that balance? You know, you talked about freeing up time to spend yeah. with Patrick. Like how has, has it been difficult? Cause I mean, you were a hustler and you were single for a time and, yeah. and now you're married. And like, for me, like it's, it's hard to not like turn off when she gets home. But sometimes mm -hmm. there's more work to do, you know, and that's like my most like tension filled part of my day, typically, you know, especially yeah. if I'm trying to seek excellence on top of it, because then it's like, I got to record sometime. I have things to do, you know? Yeah, and it is a balance. So my life is a little different because I live with my husband half the time in Japan, the other half of every year he's on a ship in the middle of the South China Sea. So I, it's a very, and, and when he's deployed, I live in Kentucky. So I'm not alone in Japan at our house there. And 
it's really odd because I'm living as a single woman, but I'm married. Yeah. And it totally screws with your head. But when I do, when I do get to see my husband and we live in Japan together, my favorite part of the day is when he comes home mm-hmm. because there, as much as I love, as much as I love work, as much as it brings me so much joy, the joy of having dinner on the table when my husband gets home supersedes all of it. Mm. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. I think we try to pick one or the other, try to pick yeah, one absolutely. serving your husband or serving something at work. It doesn't have to fit into a box, it doesn't have to be black and white. Um, but that's my favorite part. My favorite part is having a house clean when he gets home. Having he's gone out of the house all day, although I've been working working from home all day, like he doesn't have to worry about dishes in the sink or having to fold his laundry or whatever it is. I can fully focus on him and everything I do throughout the day is for the purpose of having all focus on him when he gets home. Mm-hmm. And that is so fulfilling and that what is what I think I miss the most about not having him here is some the normal things feel purposeless when I know they're not. So something like doing dishes, it has so much more purpose when it's for him. Or like wearing my favorite dress, like I, you know, wake up in the morning, actually, you know, present yourself well. It's it's for him and it's so much easier to do it when he's there to acknowledge it. But what I've been realizing, <laughs> it's been really hard, this first deployment, is that it's all still for him. Whether he knows it or not, whether he never sees it, right. it's all still for him. Yeah. Doing the laundry, when I told myself I was going to do the laundry, it's for him. I mean, all of it. And someone told me this. They were like, it's like your secret love letter. And he will never know, and that's okay. Because you vowed to serve him and to honor him yeah. till death do us part. <laughs> And if that means honoring him and he'll never even see how you're honoring him, you're still doing what you were called to do. Yeah. So it is different. And I know I didn't answer your question particularly about time, but purpose, whether, whether the amount of time it takes, whatever purpose is superseding it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, no, I think that example is really good to be able to show, obviously you have at least strive to, you know, prioritize one vocation over the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we really, um, I see a lot of friends, I see a lot of people that I know, people that I've worked with before who struggle to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, we, we have, I, I don't know if perfectionism has increased in society over the last hundred years. I, my guess would be that maybe it has, but I don't really know. But I think especially with both, genders working at such high rates now as mm-hmm. compared to 100 or 200 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, I think it's really dangerous and it's just really sad to me in a lot of people's relationships that I see that people are just like so focused on their careers right. over their family. Because a lot of women can fall into this area of they're actually living out of masculine masculine tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more feminine you are, the more masculine your man's going to feel. And the more mm-hmm. masculine he is, the more feminine you're going to feel. It's this divine dance and this cycle that is so beautiful in relationship with, with man and woman because it's so true. Even as simple as like your husband opening up the car door for you, you feel like a lady and he feels like he's helping you because mm-hmm. he is. And that's just a small scale of how 
that kind of the femininity and masculinity, but especially in the workforce, um, when you're working hard, there's something in the brain. Anyways, more testosterone is being produced. Mm -hmm. So people are probably going to be like, you're not a biologist. You can't talk about this. <laughs> but that's the gist. And... <laughs> You have to, there's something that this woman that I've studied a ton, her name's Alison Armstrong, she's brilliant. Her new stuff, super weird, so don't look at her new stuff, but <laughs> her old stuff is great, That's in like funny. 2003 era. That was her um, Yeah, yeah. But uh, she talks about when women come home from work, specifically when men come home from work, they need cave time. It's about mm. 10 minutes to just sit get their work clothes off not they shouldn't be like grabbing a kid they shouldn't be like hurrying in and cooking dinner or doing a chore they need to they need to get out of work mode yeah. and into you mode yeah and got turned down yeah, yeah I feel it's that like sure. you have to consciously sit in that yeah and it's the same thing with women but but women won't naturally do that right because they're always trying to juggle 55 things at once and they don't take the, the time to come back into woman mode yeah. when they come home um so i see i, I mean i see that all the time lots but of burnout i would imagine yes yeah what because women feel guilty yeah. no matter what there, and that's what, why my company exists in the corporate sphere is like women are at work and they feel guilty for not being with their children and women are with their children they feel guilty for not working extra hours. Right. And it's this cycle and no wonder there's so many women that are miserable in the business world because mm -hmm. it's life balance. It's not work-life balance. It's life first and work is just a pillar of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's really interesting. I think one thing I kind of learned when I was in the army about my professional life is that like people always want more from you. Oh, yeah. Like I think people have this this facade or, or by this lie that like there's going to be a point at which like everybody will be satisfied with the amount of you that they get. Yeah. Right? And obviously there's some people in the world who people are very satisfied and and would want less of the people that they're around, <laughs> right? Like, we all know people yeah, like totally. that, right? Where I go like use less of them in my life. Um, but for, for most of us who are likable and do well at things, right? Like people want more from you. Yeah. And I was like the army, like we had, the, there was like the saying always, you know, that like go home, man, like the army's still going to be here tomorrow. You yeah. know, and there's going to be more problems tomorrow and you can stay till nine o'clock every night trying to figure everything out. But like something's still going to go wrong. Right. Like, it's, it's a government just, agency. A government You'll never figure it out. It's never going to go great. <laughs> right. So, you know that. And so it's like I kind of learned to, to disconnect and like to really, really be able to like as I drove out of the gates, be like, OK, like I'm off. Like I am not doing army stuff now, mm -hmm. you know, just to be able to like take some time away um, and do that. But I also kind of noticed that in relationships, I've told this story before too, of like when uh, I think this was during my college time, I can't remember if it was college or the army, but I was going home and just would have family members who I would strive, I would like, I would say I would stop going to daily mass. I would stop really like my prayer life at a large degree um, would stop working out just so I could like spend time with people. Cause so many people to see yeah. I was gone so much. And then I remember, like, having a family member who I'd, like, really sacrificed to see, like, four or five times in a week. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, she was like, I just feel like I didn't see you at all this week. Like, you never came. Like, we didn't spend any time together, hardly. And I was just like, my, I'm like, I just I just gave up everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like, important to me. Like, I was preparing for ranger school and all these things. And I'm like, I'm like... I just gave up everything that I love that makes me happy. So I pretty much had a terrible week, you know, mm -hmm. like I didn't feel myself at all uh, or take care of myself. And I was just like, it was like it clicked in me that day where I was just like, people always want 
more from you, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's a difficult thing of trying to find this balance of like, how do you, and not even a balance, but like a health, what's a healthy place? I don't know if you and Patrick ever had this conversation, but we talk about this and you're obviously still figuring out because we're very new, as we yeah. said. Um, of like, how do I find this, this place where, like, what's a good amount of time for us to spend together? Mm-hmm. You know, because I still have to work, right? Like we can't just take off every day and yeah. spend all day together like we'd like to. But like, what's a good amount of time? What's a good amount of time that we need to spend talking? And <laughs> someone oh. very important just walked in. Wow, incredible! The next podcast guest, and he's early, which is incredible as well. Oh, Mr. Austin, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So yeah. going back to that, though, I think it's it's difficult to find that. But you also have to find that with your job. And I'm sure that you've tried to f- seek that out. You know, mm-hmm. finding, like, what's... Uh, I, I can't remember what book it was, but I just recently read about this, of, like, what, how much time... It was, it was for men. It was, like, written for fathers. Like, how much time do you, like, owe to your job? Because they pay you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's justice to, like, put in good work. But then, like, what's enough that you can put in... Like, what's the amount of time that you need to put in the amount of effort that is just and that will make the amount of money that can support your family? Mm-hmm. And stop trying to go over that, you know? And, and like, have a limit on that so you can, like, go boundaries. home. Classic. Yeah, and be comes, with your always family. comes back to boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. struggled or, or created boundaries? Because I'm sure that's got to be hard, like, yeah. being that. I mean, you know, with the military, the you don't decide when you work. You don't decide. They don't give a damn about your boundaries. You don't even, I mean, we don't yeah. even know his schedule until, like, 10 hours before he has to be at work. Right. So it's like you can't actually plan anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sour about it at all. <laughs> so taking that into account, it's, I mean, our situation's so different than anyone's. What but about you personally, though? Like with your, like being the head of the company, I'm sure there's like always demands for your time. How have you said Yeah. I mean, I love working. Boundaries? It's a game to me. It's a hobby to me. I absolutely love what I do. And... You know, in the order of things, it's God, husband, children, work. And my husband's away and I don't have children. So I'm left with God and work. Yeah. You know? And so when you see it in that order, of course I'm going to be working a ton. Also, I love it. Yeah. You know, it's totally like, I, I just love every part of it. Um, but like I said, like when I'm with Patrick, he's my priority no matter what. Yeah. And I would spend every single second with him if I could. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> we we haven't gotten sick of each other yet. That's so funny. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're like, I need to go to the gym and do stuff. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of, of another woman I know, though, who would spend every moment with her husband if she could yeah. and, and talking to her husband if she could. You uh-huh. know? I think that's something that's really funny. I don't know if you guys have anything like this, but um, Emily is much more extroverted than I am. And I think we're both we're both definitely like I, I feel like I'm kind of in between, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, but she's like extrovert all the time. Like it's down to like talk to like six and like we were talking recently. Sophia actually asked us what's something you've learned about each other. And she was like, Nathan really needs some quiet time in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And it's just something that, yeah, like I'm, I like to do my quiet time with her in the room, uh-huh. but I'm like, if you can't be quiet in the room, then we have to <laughs> Which was one of the most fun things for us to learn how to do together. I'm sure, that know? was a great conversation. <laughs> super, super. Fun. Okay, now I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, working from home, that's a little, when you're working from home and stuff, that's a little different. Yeah. But yeah, it's impossible for my husband to work 
from home. So right. he has his space, he has his buddies, he has his bro time, mm-hmm. and I have my quiet probably at this point I'm sick and tired of quiet. But yeah. um yeah, I think it in this season of our life it we don't want any sort of not togetherness. Yeah. So you know, but again, it's we're scarce on time. So sure. Yeah, yeah, so you just really make the most of it. Yeah. What this is a super off topic question yeah. that I've wanted to ask you for a while and never have is how did you pick Kentucky? <laughs> so my business is registered there. Oh okay. um the business partner I work with most, we live like we're like neighbors. Oh, wow. Um safe, conservative town, great real estate. Um <laughs> and I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> when we found out he was going to Japan, we were living in an Airbnb. Um, and we couldn't rent the Airbnb anymore. He had to go to Japan. My, um, dear friend first and business partner had an apartment on her property that Mm. we moved all of our stuff to. And it I had nowhere. I mean, I didn't know I sold my apartment in DC and you know, we were, I don't know where to go. (laughs) So we had like two weeks to figure that out. Like, where do I live in the world? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll travel around, live in Europe, but then I'm like, oh, well now I have my husband's truck, we have a ton of stuff. I'm like, I'm not gonna find an apartment to fit all this stuff in Virginia, like Northern Virginia, where I just lived. And this just made sense. It makes sense that God is giving me this time to focus on the company, like this time away from my husband, like I said, the order of life, God, spouse, children, work, when the, when, you know, there's no children and my spouse is away, I need to focus on work. That's the order mm-hmm. of life. So it makes sense that I'll put everything into it when I can and focus on my husband when I'm with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, Kentucky, never thought I'd live. I don't In even know. Kentucky. Some people say it's Midwest. Some people say it's the South, but now I've lived North, South, East, and West. Yeah. So... Like a little bit all over. It's an interesting combo of the two, I think. Kentucky is, it's it's not as bad as people think, is the way people I would describe it. People are so nice. Super slow, yeah. moving. Yeah. Everyone wants to tell you about their grandkid at checkout. Like, yeah. And I'm very to the point. I'm just like, all right, let's go. Like, just check out my milk. Yeah. I forever go to self-checkouts in Kentucky. That's hilarious. Um, people are great. People are really nice. It's yeah. really safe. But, um it is. It's, it's so funny. I lived in Cincinnati for a year, and I felt like every time I would drive and you cross over, because we worked in Kentucky in yeah. Erlanger, it was the yeah. name of Catholic. Uh, I was like, every time you drive into Kentucky, I'm like, the further you go, the more Kentucky it gets. Yeah. Like the stereotypical like, Kentucky. Like uh-huh. it was like on the border of, since he was like, you know, city people, yeah. like it was really normal in Covington. And it was like, the further you get out there, like you just see, there's like less teeth and, you know, more hillbillies for sure. Good is, old boys. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a hell of a place. Yeah. That's really, that's really amazing. Well, great. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nathan. This, this, has been, this has been fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Good to learn more about you and to hear some of your, your stories and um, especially just love the uh, the uh, gymnastic, what's it called? Leotard. Leotard, sorry. <laughs> My underground, yeah. like whatever underground that hustles. was. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. I know the the post office people had no idea what was going on, but they saw me every other day. So. Yeah, just selling leotards. Uh-huh. At uh-huh. 10. <laughs> yeah. 
Very cool. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was great getting to talk with you. And I hope that uh, other people, if you enjoyed this episode, um, definitely check out Cecilia's podcast, What in the Dang Heck. Yeah, where, What in the Dang Heck. Yeah. Well, I think potentially the most feminine podcast that exists out there. <laughs> so what we're, that's, what, what's, that's, that's, what the, that's what we're there for. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah. You, you crush exactly what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. still a couple of them, but I'm like... We're very yeah. us. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's great. Well, it was great talking with you, yeah. and I hope that uh, people go and check that out, and I hope that it was um, inspirational for people to hear some of your stories, especially around the hustle. I think that's so needed in the church for people to um, hear stories like that and to hear, um, yeah, how you overcame certain obstacles and things like that. So, Thanks, awesome. Nathan. Yeah, thank you.